Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hutchinson looking to cover the ground, and Stewart's been into it! Is this the moment? Stewart! Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roker Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav and you join us on the back of Sunderland's first leg win over Sheffield Wednesday at Stadium of Light. We're going to get straight into it because there's loads to talk about. The atmosphere was outstanding. Uh, just one of the best nights we've had at the stadium for a long, long time so I don't really want to dwell on it too much. Uh, I will first introduce Phil West. Hi Phil. Morning Gav, hiya. And also joining us is Martin Wanless in Australia, who's nicely sat there with a Sunland woolly hat on because it's a bit colder there, isn't it, Martin? You were telling us before we started. Oh, it's a bit chilly heading into winter, Gav. So I've yeah, been sporting yeah. my Sunland beanie around around town today, <laughs> red and white. Do you, ever, do, you, do you ever get funny? Do you get funny looks or anything? Like, does anyone ever look at you and think, well, "What's he got on his head?" I, I do, regardless of whether I'm wearing Sunland hat or not. To be fair, I get the odd funny look. But um, no, you get you get a couple of you know second takes and people having a closer look and. Obviously, get into the conversation. So no, so, and everyone's everyone's always heard of us. Everyone always kind of has a a sense of who we are and what we obviously through Netflix and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, we, yeah. Um, people know us. Were we on like normal TV over there as well? Like the, the sports yeah, it was broadcast live on the. Ah, well, they'll have all been watching us then, won't they? Four o'clock yeah. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in front of the Sky cameras, we uh, we managed a a one nil win against Sheffield Wednesday. Phil, uh, was it? Everything you expected, the occasion, the performance, every, because for me, I was a bit worried before the game that we wouldn't we wouldn't turn up. We would, you know, all of this effort going into getting people in the ground and the, the, the displays and all the rest of it, I was a little bit worried that we just wouldn't live up to it. But for me, the players really showed up. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing to say, Gav, was that was the stadium like its absolute best last night. It was yeah. raucous. It was alive. Every single fan was plugged into what was going on. I thought the pre-match flag displays were really, really good. It felt like kind of a you know what we used to see in the Premier League years, and hopefully a glimpse of what could happen in the future. Um, so that was the first thing. I thought the atmosphere was fantastic. Um, I thought the players absolutely rose to the challenge last night. I was hoping that they would rise to it rather than being crushed or overawed by the magnitude of the occasion. Um, I thought to a man, I thought they were absolutely fantastic. I thought they played the occasion fantastically well. They were on it from the first whistle. There was aggression. There was energy. We were pressing them. And I thought it was just a really, really good performance, Gav. It was, you know, it was everything you hoped for in a playoff first leg at home. I was really impressed with it. It was a proper special occasion, just being in the ground. Even it was like, 
I, I, last time I remember it being like that was the the Everton game when we sent the mags down and we kept ourselves up. Probably the, the, and that we were talking about this on the, when we were walking back over at the town on the bridge and I was like, how long ago was that? I had to think about it. Six years. Yeah. Six years since I last remember a like home game really where it felt that special. But like to the players' credit and to the manager's credit, we were so well prepared. We knew exactly what Chef Wed were going to do, and um, I listened to Darren Moore Martin after the game talk, and it's always interesting if a manager is happy enough to point out that he was sort of outthought and outfought, and that's pretty much what he did. He said we tried to play our way, but Sunderland just didn't let us. They pressed us. They wouldn't let us have the ball. For me, that bodes well going into Monday. But I mean, just touching on this particular performance, the lads they gave it all. They're all didn't. I just hope it doesn't sap it out of us on Monday. Well, I think Sheffield Wednesday put a lot, of, a lot of effort in to the game as well, didn't they? So, you know, from a fitness point yeah. of view, I think both teams will be at sort of similar levels on on Monday. But Alex Neil um, spoke after the game, and you know, talking about the the strategy behind it and the tactics and. I was very surprised that we started with back four. For example, I was I thought it was dead cert we'd go in with three at the back like we have done for you know the majority of the last few few games. So that was a, a surprise. But he got it absolutely spot on. You know the um, the way that Luke O'Nine and Corey Evans sort of nullified the threat of Barry Bannon, who had his own fitness issues coming into the game. But like he, they said at half time, Bannon had had twelve touches in the first half. And for a player who dictates, right? uh, and for a player who dictates as much as he does, or can dictate the game as much as he does, for us to limit his touches to to twelve in the first half just shows what a good job we kind of did tactically. And like yeah. the, the goal even came from a, a similar thing where we just you know effort, relentless effort, pressing them, hurrying them, and you know we got rewards. And the only the only downside to it was that we didn't come away with a bigger margin, but. Look, I was actually really reassured more than anything else with that performance because, like you, I was kind of I was uncertain, Gav, about like what type of performance we'd turn in because we've seen some good performances under Alex Neil. We've been solid under Alex Neil, but like that Rotherham game um, a week ago just put a few question marks in my head about how we would do in the home leg of the the playoffs. And thankfully, we we ended up turning in a, a really good performance, and you know probably should have won by more. Yeah, I'll, it doesn't get any better to me than seeing your team win with that many people in the ground, fighting for every ball, you know, giving it that absolute everything. It doesn't get any better than that. I know, like we say, Alex Neal said it, and I agree, a 1-0, a you know, it, I think it flatters Chef had a bit, if I'm honest. I think we had the chances to probably get two or three. But one thing since Alex Neal came in, when we've played in games like this, actually, you know, not, not just against good opponents against any opponent really we just were very efficient we, one nils have become pretty normal under rather than going into the second leg defending a, a very you know solid lead and oh yeah okay we would like more but I think we've seen that you can't we can go away from home Phil can't we we, we can do the job away from home like yeah. I, th- I think we said on one of the pods a few weeks ago after the Plymouth game that that was probably a, a perfect dress rehearsal for like an away leg in a playoff, and yeah, that that for that's all you gotta do. You just gotta look at that Plymouth game and think we can go to places like this where there's because that game had a lot of pressure on it and a lot of things riding on it. We can go into this game at Hillsborough and we know we've got the tools in the team to not only sort of defend our lead that we're taking into the game, but if we do get chances, we can take them because we've got players who can do it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this newfound resilience that we've demonstrated under Alex Neal, for me, is probably the single most positive change he's brought about since he's arrived at the club. We're much, we're fitter, much physically fitter than we were under Lee Johnson, in my opinion. There's at least 15 to 20% more that he's managed to get out with these players. And the attitude of the players now is so much more hard-nosed and streetwise. You know, we certainly, I was saying after the Wickham game the other night that Wickham are an aesthetically hideous team to watch, but they're street smart and they've got nous and they've got the ability to grind out results, even if they're not playing the best football. And I thought last night was actually a really good balance because you had all the defensive solidity that you know the likes of Danny Bart and Bailey Wright have provided in recent weeks. And you had a bit of attacking flair as well. So I thought the balance last night was really, really good. And I think Alex Neal got his selection spot on. And you're absolutely right, Gav. You know, we are now functioning as a true unit. You know, every player in that team knows their role. They know exactly what's expected of them. And there's a togetherness now. And it's, I think team spirit's always been there, even when Lee Johnson was there. I've never questioned whether the team spirit was strong. But I think now, I think there's a real sense of purpose about this team. Everybody is pulling in the same direction. And I think there's a sense, and this is coming from the likes of Bailey Wright, Bart, and Evans, who I thought was outstanding again last night, Corey Evans. I thought he really turned into captain's performance. It's a mindset of, we can do this. We can get promoted. If we do the right things in games, we can beat teams and we can achieve our goals. So I think attitude, Gav, is so important now and it's been massively improved under Alex Neal, without a doubt. Yeah, I think if we're going to talk about attitude, we should probably talk about Luke O'Neill. Um I mean, you, you touched on it there, Martin, about Barry Bannon having so few touches, but to me it was because of Luke O'Neill. He was given the job of just following him around the pitch and stop limiting him, stopping him. He was outstanding for me. It, it wasn't like a you know a dominant midfielder's performance. It was just a case of he was a total nuisance to Bannon. There was a lot of good performances, but I, I just loved watching him. It was like the type of performance you need from a central midfielder in a massive game like this. It wasn't just the fact that he, he man-marked Barry Bannon, though. I think every time that a ball went forward, and we weren't very... To be fair to Chef Wed, they ate up the majority of the long balls that we put forward. But when the ball was dropping and we were looking for somebody to pick up the seconds, it just felt like Luke O'Neill won everything. He won every second ball. It was like... I, have, I haven't seen a midfielder play like that for a lot of... A lot of years, I don't think. And it, like I say, Corey Evans, outstanding. I thought the way he looked after the ball was was great. I thought Matete had done really well when he came on. He was also pretty comfortable on the ball. But you've got to give credit to Luke O'Neill for the job he did on Bannon Lee. Oh, he completely took him out of the game, really, didn't he? And he, yeah. he reduced the influence that Bannon had on, on the on the 90 minutes. And you know that's all credit to him. And he put in a really good, effective display. I must admit, with about 20, 25 minutes left, just after we'd had that sort of spell where we looked as if we had them on the ropes and a second goal was coming, um, and we didn't get that goal, I, I, I was thinking maybe we should take 9 off just because his pa- he, you know there was a few loose passes in there. He, he got booted as well, didn't he? He got booted he about 60-odd 60, 60 minutes in, yeah. and I think that limited sort of what he could do. And I thought, like me, I would have put Embleton on at that time because I think... It's it's that stick of twisting, isn't it? Yes, it's great to have a one nil lead at that point, but they were on the ropes, and I, I was I was kind of going, well, get Embleton on just for that, you know, that sharper passing creativity, and really try to get that um, second or third goal to to take down Hillsborough. But look, I, th- I think as a combination, Corey Evans and Luko Nine did really really well, and obviously when you've got the, the the three attacking players in front of them plus Ross Stewart. It kind of takes a little bit off what you expect the two of them to do going forward as well. You can just leave them to get on with the jobs. 
and you know you've got mm-hmm. like last night obviously we had Pritchard, Roberts, who both had effective good games, Jack Clark as well, who had a decent second half. I thought he, he was the one disappointment certainly in the first half. But they've got that creativity there. So O nine and Evans could just really concentrate on on stopping Chef Wed playing and they did so with, with really good effect. Yeah, the the defence was out the, the whole back five. Let's quickly talk about them. Dennis Certain, considering he's been out for so long, uh, I thought I had a cracking game and I'm I'm a little bit worried that he went off. He was he looked injured. He looked like he'd probably played five or ten minutes too much. Um and he was stretching out his his groin, I think it was. I, so I, I don't think he'll play on Monday. But regardless, played very well. It's not a massive deal because Callum Doyle can play then, probably away from home, uh, might be a better fit. Uh, Danny Bart, probably his best game in a Sunderland shirt, I would say. He just again, he's getting better and better with every game. Um, you can you can see now he's actually fit, that he's he's a good player, uh, yeah. and obviously I'd be remiss without mentioning Bailey Wright. I, <laughs> Bailey Wright's just been that good all since Alex Neal came in. And, I mean, he lost nothing. One v one on the floor, he won everything, every header. He didn't do a lot of um. There wasn't a lot of wastage when he had the ball. He was playing it simple. And then right back, I mean, you've got to hold your hands up and give Lynn and Gooch credit. He's he's been all right the last sort of month or so, any and yeah, I, I thought he that's probably his best game this season. I know I know he was great at, against Cambridge, but that was against ten men against a poor team. This was a high stakes game against a really good side, up against Marvin Johnson, who's a a good player at this level, and Gooch for me was outstanding. And then Patterson, to be fair, there was one hairy moment where he sort of flapped at a ball that came in the box yeah. when they had that little moment of pressure. But I thought yeah. other than that, his handling and his kicking was great. And yeah, he didn't have a lot to do, but we've seen that a lot with Patterson under Alex Neal where he hasn't had a lot to do, but it's the it's the handling of the ball and how he uses it and stuff, which, you know, even though he's not being tested a great deal, fine. So the back five, Phil, they did their job. Obviously, we kept the clean sheet, but how confident are you in in their ability to go on out to Hillsborough as a unit and keep the score down. Yeah, I am confident, Gavin. I think that, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Bailey right there, and I just want to pick up on that. Um, certain players, when they play for a football club under a particular manager, you look at them and you think, this player is very much a kind of Alex Neil, in our case, type player. And I think we've got that with Bailey Wright. He's granite tough. He's no-nonsense. He's solid. He's got a really good partnership going with Danny Bart. Actually, they, they've formed a really effective partnership over the, over the past couple of weeks. And yeah, I thought the defence last night was really good, really organised. Everybody was, you know, really tight and, and, and they, they did very, very well. And I am confident going down to Hillsborough that we can see the game through. But I think it's going to be very much a carbon copy of last night's game, albeit with the rules reversed. I think Sheffield Wednesday will come at us with ferocity. I think they'll probably try and press us with a lot of energy. And I think we're going to have to be very resilient defensively. But again... I think what you're looking at now is I think you're looking at certain players in our team, you know, particularly in the defence, who are just starting to come into what you might call their peak form at the right time of the season. And that is absolutely crucial. You know, Bailey Wright last night, you know, you could see it when even even when the game was kind of stopped and he was walking around, you could see he was dead up for it. He looked calm, he looked composed, and Danny Bart was the same. So yeah, I think again, you know, Alex Neil has instilled this resilience in us defensively. You know, we've always had the ability to, to, to play a good attack in football, Gav. You know, even when Lee Johnson was there. But defensively, we've always been liable to, to make mistakes and concede goals. That's been eradicated under Alex Neil, and that's a huge positive. So, yeah, I think we can go down there 
on Monday and with the defence we've got and you know the form we're in, I think we can be very, very confident of doing the job, without a doubt. Yeah, word on the goal then, Martin. Ross Stewart, he never gives up, does he? I mean, that was all him. It was a great ball over the top, to be fair. It caused problems. <laughs> Funny in the build-up, like Jack Clock just got snipered down. Nobody round and went flying and stuck, shoved his hands up as say, the ref. I've been tripped over. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I got that wrong. It just didn't look like anyone touched him. Regardless, the ball through put, um, I think it was Hutchinson, wasn't it? It was, I Put him under a bit of pressure. Stuart just ran through him like he wasn't there. Like, he didn't even change his body shape as if to say, I'm going to run round you. He just ran through him. <laughs> <laughs> and when he went 1v1 with Farrell, Peacock Farrell, I, I wasn't confident he was going to score. I've seen him do that a few times yeah. where he's been 1v1 with a goalkeeper and he doesn't shape his body quite right. And he made it quite easy for him. But he got lucky because the keeper's leggy and tall and it sort of hit the inside of his leg and stayed in. But... The actual finish that he scored from was really good. Left-footed, it was travelling away from goal. He was under a bit of pressure to try and get it on target and I thought it was a nice little finish. It was a good finish. Like you, I, I wasn't confident at all when he was going through because he's, he's, you know, we've seen a few times this season, haven't we, where if he's got time to think and he's going through one-on-one, his finishing really excels when he's got very little time to think about it and it's either one or two touches and he can just slot it home. But no, he took it, took it well and... You know, it came from their attack, didn't it? And I think that was one of the few times that they actually sort of committed a few people forward and left a bit of a gap behind um, where where we could run into. And yes, look, Stewart mm-hmm. did what all of the team would do in all game, pressing, harrying, harassing. And, you know, if you do that, people are, are going to make mistakes. And Hutchinson did. And it was a brilliant time to score as well, wasn't it? Just bang on half time. And it sets the whole thing up nicely for the second half. Yeah. We had a couple of other... Chances, Phil, where I, th- we, I said at the start, and we've all agreed, we probably should have scored more. Yeah. The one from Alex Pritchard where he cuts onto his right foot. I think Jack Clark played it into him. Cuts yeah. onto his right foot and pings it off the bar. That would have been an outstanding goal. And then obviously the other one which springs to mind was the brilliant run from Patrick Roberts where the ball looked like it was going out. He keeps it in on the, on the byline, skips yeah. past two or three players and bends it towards goal and, and it, it doesn't get quite on target, but he had the keeper scrambling, so I think he had the keeper beat. Other than that, was, was, there any, was, was there any disappointment in the chances we didn't take? I mean, was there anything that springs to mind where you think, well, we probably should have scored there? Maybe the, the circuit header? Yeah, possibly. I think it was he just he just missed time that. I've seen the replay this morning. He, it was just a little bit one of those where he's just a fraction out and obviously he doesn't, doesn't get it on target. Um, if there is a, a gripe to be had with the, with last night, I think it is the fact that with a little bit more ruthlessness, we are 3-0 up, and that wouldn't flatter us at all because the performance would have merited it, and suddenly the dynamic of the second leg is completely different. So, yeah, you know, no, no real... I, I think it's, it would be very, very churlish to sit here and say that, you know, oh, you know, it, you know it's a missed opportunity, etc., etc. 1-0 is not the most comfortable advantage to take down to Hillsborough. You know, I think we said earlier in the week that we would have ideally liked two. We didn't get it, which is fair enough. I do think we missed Broadhead. I think Broadhead's presence yeah. was definitely missed last night. I think he would have made a lot of difference to our attacking player. But, you know, without him there, I don't think we did too badly. Um, the Pritchard chance was fantastic. And that was Pritchard in a nutshell, really. You know, just able to create something from seemingly nothing. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, on, on another day, you know, we do take those chances and, and the whole complexion of the game changes. So, no, I, I, I can't sit here, Gav, in all honesty, and be too disappointed or too critical after what we saw last night. I think the performance was fantastic. Just didn't take the chances we created. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Do you think Broadhead will play on Monday, Martin? 
I seen he was uh, he was amongst the players at the end and stuff. And Alex Neil in the build of the game was coy on it, wasn't he? He didn't really want to answer whether he'd be fit or not. Do you think he'll be in there? Oh, look, I think if he if he's fit, he'll play, won't he? I think we we know enough from seeing Nathan Broadhead play this season that if he's if he's fit, he starts essentially, doesn't he? Yeah, I do suspect that you know if yesterday had been the playoff final, I reckon Broadhead would have played a part at some point. Yeah. I think Alex Neal probably, you know, as he as he said, you know, tactically he'd set it up in a certain way to stop Chef Wed playing as well as to give us opportunities to to attack. And Broadhead, I guess Broadhead could have put and um, played in that role that like Clark played last night, couldn't he? But there wasn't a, a central striker position up for grabs because Ross Stewart's gonna play there. I think looking at the, the two legs, Broadhead's I guess his his biggest opportunity or the most value he can be for us is his pace on the break on Monday. So -hmm. I think there'll be a little bit more space for us to break into and counter-attack because obviously they'll have to come at us being at home and being a goal down. And I think that's going to be a big worry for their defence if Broadhead's playing because, as we've seen all season, he's got the pace to get behind them and he's a good finisher when he's clean through. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on to Monday then since we're touching on it. Um, The team's probably going to be a bit different, Phil, isn't it? I'm trying to work out in my head what we'll do, but I think given we've got a lead given they're going to have a full stadium with their fans behind them. They're going to come at us because they have to, you know, yeah. one game. It's it's basically half-time, as Alex Neal said. It's basically half-time, we're 1-0 up. I say you're setting up very differently. What would you do? Um, I've got a feeling he might bring Matete in, into the midfield, just to kind of give us a little bit more solidity, a bit like he did against Rotherham. Mm. But other than that, I could, you know, I, I can see him sticking. I know you've just said, you know, it might change, you know, because obviously we know that Sheffield Wednesday are going to come for us. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if the change is a minimal gaff, to be honest with you. Like I said, I do think Matete will start in, in midfield. And I think that again, if Broadhead's fit, I think he comes straight in. You know, as Martin just said, I think, you know, his pace against Sheffield Wednesday will be absolutely crucial. Jack Clark is the one for me whose place might be slightly in jeopardy because, you know, he, he continues to confuse me at times, Gav, because there is a player there, without a doubt, but he can be so frustrating at times. And I think the thing that we need on Monday um is discipline. And Clark can be quite an undisciplined player because he can get the ball and sometimes you never know where he's going to go with it. And I think everyone's going to have to be very organised on Monday. Um, but yeah, for me, the, the big one will be Matete. I've got a feeling that his energy um, and his ball-winning ability in midfield will really be something that Alex Neal is keen to get into the team on Monday. So yeah, he will be the one I'll be looking out for. Yeah, I, I reckon. We'll, I think we'll probably go to a back five and match them up. I know... The back four threw Chef Wed off, but it won't on Monday. And I'd, I remember when we yeah. went down there in uh, early on the season, we played like a, a four-two-three-one type formation, and they took us to bits. It's a big wide pitch. Um, Jack Hunt didn't start on Friday, but I imagine he'll come into the team for Monday, and he gives them loads of width down that right hand side. We're probably going to be without certain, which makes us think. It'll probably go back three with Doyle on the left of the three. Possibly means that Clark's going to start again at left wing back because who else does he put there really unless he yeah. puts no... Maybe you're right, maybe Matete comes in the middle and the, the stick or nigh in left wing back. But I just think given the job he did on Bannon at the stadium, that might be a difficult switch to, to make. Yeah. He's got he's got headaches really when you think about... Well, he's, it's, it's how he approaches it really. Like I say, is he going to go there and defend or is he going to go there and set up to be open. I think just going off the, the sort of way that he's had us playing since he came in, I think he'll go there, Martin, I don't know if you agree, and probably 
probably set up to defend from the start at least. And that'll be probably you'll look at the team and you'll think, Oh, what's he what's that what's that about? But I think it'll just be to contain them and keep them quiet for that first sort of hour, at least. Yeah, I I don't I don't necessarily think we'll go there to defend. I don't think it'll be you know like the Portsmouth semi final a couple of or three years ago, wasn't it? Where we went out in Fratton Park and just defended for our our lives and we we got away with a clean sheet because I think it's it's too risky. I think what what you'll do though is like you you will try to keep it tight and try to spring it on the counter attack and try to get another goal and an advantage that way. And that, like formation wise, I don't know because like the fact that they have got good wide players and good threats from from their wide areas, the thought of Jack Clark being our only defender out in that left channel terrifies us. <laughs> like you kind of go well. Are you, are you yeah. better off playing a, a flat back four? And if you know if Circlin's injured, put um, Callum Doyle there or or something like that, just to have that really solid backline. Because you yeah. kind of you got Gooch at right back, and he'll he'll be at right back on on Monday if he's fit. Because you know there's very little alternative, and you can kind of easily go to a back three with those three sort of lined up if if you wanted to. But I just like, I think leaving Jack Clark exposed down that left. And that like we've seen it, haven't we? When Clark's played there, we saw it against Rotherham, where that gap it creates between Clark and Doyle can be exploited. So I, I would be surprised actually if if Serkin's injured. I'd be surprised if we actually went to a back three. If Serkin's fit, I wouldn't be surprised to see us with a back three, but him playing left wing back. Yeah, we we've seen him do it with where he's played Gucci and Nine as wing backs. I mean, you could. You could, in theory, stick O nine and right wing back, Gooch left wing I think back. But you, you'll want O nine to do the same job he did on Bannon, won't you? Like I think it's yeah, a really yeah, risky yeah. thing to take him out of that position yeah. after he's done such a good job on him in the first leg. So it's going to be interesting. I don't disagree that Matete could come in for you know probably for for Clark. You know we've said Broadhead probably starts if he's fit. So who comes out for for Broadhead? You're probably looking yeah. at Patrick Roberts coming out, yeah, which would be really unfair on him because he had a. Good game last night. I think um, I actually really like Roberts as a player. I think he's got tons of ability. Yeah, he, was, he played well. I'm just thinking about maybe how they'll approach it. And the other side, the other thing that we haven't really talked about is that there was a lot of talk going into this game that Bannon might not be fit, and I don't think he looked fit either. I know we're talking about how well O'Nine played, and he did, but Bannon to me didn't look fit. He played the full game because they needed to keep him on, and. It's like two days later, and if he's not fit, and you know, he, I don't think he is. How effective can he really be on Monday as well? So I think you've got a point there with with like sort of you know, do we do we just tell Luke O'Neill to do the same job? They'll be trying to they'll be analysing the game though, won't the chef? When they'll be looking at it and going, right, well, he totally mar- marked Barry Bannon out of the game. How do we get him into the game? So yeah. what do we do to stop them from basically sticking Luke O'Neill on him? And, Stop him getting on the ball. It might well be that they play him slightly deeper, which I don't think he particularly enjoys. I think I've heard him say that, Bannon. But if if it's a case of well, at least he's getting on the ball and dictating play on their pitch, they might do it. Yeah, there's there's so much to sort of consider. I guess that um, the thing that always sticks in the back of my mind is that Alex Neil always says, doesn't he? I pick the team to sort of suit the opponent in over three games this season we've beat them twice we've beat them twice but we didn't win down a Hillsborough that's the thing 
Yeah. It's it's going to be a very very different game, Phil, isn't it? Oh, undoubtedly. And you know, I think that you know there was there was some people talking to me on Twitter last night, and they were saying, well, you know, it's not the burner bow when there's nothing to fear, etc., etc. And I think that's true to a point, but I think on the other hand, you know that you know it is going to be a raucous atmosphere. It will be, you know, they will be backed by just as fervent a crowd as we was backed by last night. And I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna, they're gonna go for us. There's no doubt about that. But just touching up on uh, on Martin's point there um, about how we approach this game. I don't think it's going to be a total backs to the wall effort by Sunderland. I think what I think what Alex Neal will probably do is he'll probably say, right, we'll we'll ride out the first 20, 25 minutes, try and keep things nice and calm, try and take the sting out of the game, try and quieten the crowd down, and then we'll try and build our way into the game, you know, and hopefully start to make some attacking moves of our own. So yeah, I'm not expecting it to be a repeat of Fratton Park. You know, as as Martin said, I'm not expecting it to be kind of, you know, basically shut up shop. You know, and just try and keep them out for the entire ninety minutes. I don't think that'll work personally. I, I'd be very surprised if that worked. So, yeah, I think it's going to have to be um, a compromise. But you know, I, I think on Barry Bannon, um, Gav. I mean, you know, Luke 9 was basically a ball and chain around his ankle for the entire of the entirety of the game last night. You know, I thought he did a superb job. You know, basically sticking to him and making sure that he wasn't allowed to dictate things. Mm. And you just know that if given the chance, nine will relish that challenge again. You know, he is the kind of player who who, who will get stuck in. For the entire ninety minutes, because he's got an incredible amount of energy and commitment. So, yeah, I think that I would expect if he does play Barry Bannon on Monday, I would expect him to try and to, for Sheffield Wednesday to try and deploy him in a slightly different role, as you said, because they need him in the game. You know, Bannon makes them tick when he's on form. He is their kind of string puller. So we're going to have to watch out for that, without a doubt. Hey, confident, Martin. I, I'm reasonably confident. I think you know the the thing that Alex Neil has made us is relatively predictable in a good way because you kind of know a base level of what we're going to get every game and obviously some performances have, have been more attractive and better than others but like you know where our baseline is now and I think you know for some parts of this season you turned up and watched games and we didn't really know what we were going to get we we hoped we'd get the brilliant bit but there's always that nagging doubt where we'd get the capitulation and you know Alex Neal's given us that sort of predictability and you know as, as we've talked about that resilience and strength so I'm confident that we'll go in to the game and be solid. And I think, you know, it's a toss of a coin, really. You know, the two good sides. Sheffield Wednesday have been on just as good a run as we have coming into the playoffs. They're in form. They're at home. Hillsborough's a great ground, great place to, to watch football and to play football, I presume. Um, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough game. And like, you know, I think when you look at the odds for the, the bookies before the game, it's gonna be tight. And you just hope that we, we go in and, and do a good job. I think like the, the the thing that the team will get confidence from is we've had a couple of games under Alex Neal where it's kind of the blueprint for, for this game. So we had the Wigan game where, you know, we, we wasted time. We were, you know, we we sort of channeled our inner Wigan Wanderers and wasted time, <laughs> did a few of the sort of dirty bits of the game and early goal through a set piece, got a penalty and and that was it, wasn't it? Then Plymouth as well, solid defend, try to get a goal in the break. But if we don't, it's fine because we... We've got confidence in our defence and our, our keeper. So, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to the game. I wish it was now. Like, I really <laughs> just want us to get back on the park, get at them. Because I think, you know, yeah. they, I think they'll have been a bit surprised about how we got at them in the first leg. I think yeah. they probably underestimated us a bit. I think the, the fans probably underestimated us a bit. And yeah. it might be a little bit of a reality check. So, yeah, I can't wait. Let's get down there and do it. I think that's a good place to end this uh, podcast. Thanks very much, Phil. Thanks for joining us, mate. Cheers, Gav. And thank you, Martin, as always. Cheers. Yeah, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, when we rejoin you, it'll be after the 
second leg talking about how we're in the playoff final. Uh, I, I so. Martin's just yeah, Martin, you've just said it well there. We've got to have confidence in the lads. They've, they've not put a foot wrong for months now, and we've just got to cross everything and hope they can get it over the line. One more game, it's only half time, but yeah. Thanks everyone for joining us. Make sure you catch the website every day as we build up to the game and obviously react to it afterwards. And we'll see you later. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.